The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and wait there, that I may give you the tablets of stone, with the law and the commandment, which I have written for their instructions. So Moses rose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God. And he said to the elders, Wait here for us until we return to you. And behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever has a dispute, let them go to them. Then Moses went up on the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain forty days and forty nights. That's a blessing, isn't it? Forty days and forty nights on the mountain with God. You know, we look at Moses as a lawgiver. We've all, all of us over 50 anyway, have seen the movie The Ten Commandments and may have a few of the younger ones. Uh, we think of Moses as the lawgiver, the author of the first five books of the Bible. We think of him as a prophet because we're told in the Bible that he is a prophet. But one of the things that we probably don't notice enough is the prayer life of Moses. The times that he communicated with God, spoke with God face to face. We just heard the last verse of what was read, verse 18, that Moses spent 40 days and 40 nights on the mountain with God. 40 days. There's just something special in the Bible about 40 days. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness and was tempted. He hungered and he thirsted. He was tempted for 40 days. There's something about 40 days. And so we've set aside to begin this year 40 days of prayer. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I'll be transparent with you. I, I have enjoyed over the past 15 years or so a quiet time like never before in my ministry, never before in my life. But most of that quiet time is spent hearing from God by reading His Word. If there's any area of my life that needs to improve in this new year, in 2021, it is my prayer life. I want God to know the sound of my voice. I want to pray longer. I want to pray better. I want to pray more often. And I guess I'm dragging you in with me because I need this. And I, I suspect I'm not the only one. I suspect there's some in the crowd, some at home watching on the video, who also need to improve their prayer lives. Forty days of prayer. Can I challenge you to take this journey with me, to put forth an effort to begin this year, to, to go through 40 days where we focus, not just on Sunday, 
when we're together, but to focus for 40 days on praying to God, understanding more about prayer, being more diligent in our prayer, and being more fervent in our prayer. Moses kicks us off with his example of of a prayer life in his 40 days of prayer. I want you to notice about Moses that he prayed at God's invitation. This was not Moses' idea. God said to him, come up on the mountain. Then he said to Moses, come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu and 70 of the elders of Israel, and worship from afar. Moses alone shall come up near the Lord, but the other shall not come near, and the people shall not come up with him. Listen, there is a time that God wants to be alone with you. I believe, Delane, in public prayer. I believe in what we call corporate prayer. That may be church speak. Do you ever think about that? Corporate prayer. What does that mean? doesn't mean you do it at your business. You do it as a congregation. And I believe in congregational prayer. But I think where we are most liking, lacking in our lives, in our prayer lives, is being alone with God and praying, communing, communicating with God. God, prayer was God's idea. I know I uh, shared that in the class this morning, in the Barnabas class. It was God's idea. In this case, it is God's idea and it is God's invitation. He wants to hear from you. He wants to meet with you. I don't notice about Moses when he went up, and this is jumping through several chapters, uh, pulling verses where it talks about his meeting with God. Notice that he prepared his heart. The Lord said to, the, to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them. That is, cleanse them. When we approach God, Carol, I think we need to empty our heart before God. We need to take all those other things out of our mind. But a part of prayer is always confession. Setting aside the sin, confessing it to God, asking for forgiveness, concentrating, preparing our heart to speak with God. I think that also means preparing our mind. I said getting all those other things out of our mind. Uh, I, I know the difficulty of praying, and you start praying, and you think about something else. It, it, it is a discipline that we have to develop, that we prepare our hearts, and we prepare our minds, and we can say to ourselves, nope, don't think about that, I'm here to talk with God. He prepared his heart. The Bible says that he, he rose early in the morning. I thought, I guess I ought to put the verse and the verse says, he rose early in the morning. That's, that's real deep, isn't it? He, he got up early. Anybody here have a problem with that? Getting up early? Uh, come on, thank you. Some folks are honest. It's, it's, sometimes it's hard to get up. People say, how do you read through the Bible the way you do? Reading so much time every day. I'm, by the way, I'm also doing my 30 days through the Bible at the same time. Uh, Brenda says, I'm a glutton for punishment. I'm, I'm doing a fast and I'm working on 40 days of prayer and doing my 30-day Bible reading. People say, how do you do that? You get up early. 
And you start your day with God. Before the kids have to start getting ready for school. Before you have to put breakfast on for your husband and kids. Before you have to wake your wife up so she will fix breakfast for you. You get up early. And you spend time with God. Moses rose early in the morning. I know people who have never in their life seen the sun come up. Listen, you're missing something beautiful. It's a whole lot prettier than midnight when you're going to bed. If you get up and in time to see the sun come up. Get up early and spend time with God. Not only that, he, he prepared his heart. He got up early and he read the Word of God. It says he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. You realize that every individual did not have a copy of that covenant, those commandments yet. Uh, Moses would be the only one who had the written copy of the covenant. So he not only read it, he read it to the people. If you're spending, if you're getting up early and you're spending time with God and you want to really prepare your heart for prayer, spend time reading the Word of God so that you're listening before you're speaking. By the way, those promises about praying to God and God answering, you are more likely to be praying in the will of God if you have first spent time in the Word of God before you speak to the God of the Word. Think about that. You are more likely to be in the will of God if you spend time first in His Word before you pray. He took the book of the covenant. He read the Word of God. And he met alone with God. It's, I highlighted in the verses where it said, Moses alone shall come near to the Lord. I need you to understand Every morning when you get up, God is already up. I promise you, He never sleeps. And He's already there waiting for you. And He wants to meet with you. He wants to meet with you every single day. And I would suggest that He is disappointed when He gets up and you wake up and you pass Him by God gives you an invitation because he wants to meet with you personally every single day every morning meet with God then I want you to notice that Moses prayed wherever he was we sometimes have an idea that you can only come to the church and pray. And, and I hope when we did that thing on New Year's Eve, I hope I didn't give you the, the, the idea that you have to come to the church and pray. I will say that there is something special about coming and praying together. Now, what we did, in case you want to do this next year, we made sure that the lights were just bright enough that you could read the list that I gave you. Uh, we had some nice instrumental music playing, verses that were being put on the screen just to have enough light and to create the right atmosphere. 
and we had room for people to pray in different sections, uh, and I challenged people to pray out loud. And you could do that. We had it set up so you could pray out loud and not be distracted by somebody else praying. There's just something special Kim mentioned this morning about what the atmosphere was like and what it was like to come to this place and pray. And I would say, you missed a blessing if you didn't come. And I appreciate those who participated. Praise God for just a very special time on New Year's Eve to pray in the new year. But you don't have to come to church to pray. You can pray anywhere you are and anytime. Moses did that. He prayed wherever he was. Uh, of course he prayed on the mountain. He was alone with God for 40 days and 40 nights. I told the class this morning uh, that actually he was on the mountain two different times for 40 days and 40 nights, and he fasted and prayed both of those times. Both times, Kelly, get this, he didn't eat and he didn't drink for 40 days. Now, don't you try that. I mean, Moses was one lean, mean dude, okay? He had to be, after fasting two different times for 40 days and 40 nights, not eating and not drinking, you realize that was a miraculous event. Only God could enable him to survive without water for 40 days. So don't try that. It doesn't work. It worked for Moses because of the miracle hand of God. But he prayed to God intensely for 40 days. I've known people who did 10-day, 30-day fasts and prayed for that amount of time. Uh, there is a certain power that comes from fasting and praying. He prayed on the mountain with God. I look for mountaintops. I don't mean like pinnacle. I'm, I'm not talking about Nebo. I'm not talking about mountaintops like that. I'm looking for spiritual mountaintops in my life where I can draw close to God. Some of those mountaintops come at some of the most unusual times and in very unusual places. I don't know if I can get through this or not, but that song, that song, Wendy, did it take you back to Cyprus? Did you hear the bomb, the explosion again? Did you hear the shrapnel falling? One of what should have been one of the most, the, one of the scariest moments in our lives was at the International Missionary Retreat when the base exploded, took out the windows and doors of the hotel where we were staying. You know what our theme song had been that week? Fighting for us. Fighting for us. That was a mountaintop experience. The missionaries who were there left closer than any group that has ever been to a retreat, we were praying on the mountaintop. Moses also prayed in the camp. It says in chapter 17 that Moses cried out to the Lord. <clears throat> Exodus chapter 17 is when they came to the water, and the water was bitter. Moses cried out to God, and God healed the water. There is another occasion when Moses cried out to God because they had no water. And, and the, 
the Lord said, I'll stand before you and you strike the rock. You get that picture? Moses is striking the rock and the Lord is standing between him and the rock. The striking the Lord and the water came forth. He prayed and he obeyed God and God gave him water. He prayed and God gave him manna, bread from heaven. He prayed and God gave him fowl, quails, birds that flew into the camp until they had more than they could eat. Listen, you can pray wherever you are, but I would tell you to pray for your daily needs. Jesus, in His model prayer, said, Give us this day our daily bread. Pray for your daily needs, and God will provide what you need. He not only prayed on the mountain and prayed in the camp, He prayed in the tent of meeting. What is that? Moses had a special place that he prepared before the tabernacle was ever built, he took a tent. Tim, he took it out to the, just outside the camp. And he put the tent up there. And it was a place where he and the people of Israel could go and pray. It was, there was a tent of meeting before there was a tabernacle that was called the tent of meeting. And it's said of Moses that he would go to that tent of meeting and he would go into the presence of God. God met with him there. And when he left, his face shone from the glory of the Lord. He did not recognize it. Scared the people enough that they actually ran from him. So he put a veil over his face until the, the shine, the glory would pass away. Listen to me, God wants to meet with you. He wants to meet with you personally. He wants to change your life if you spend time on your knees with God. You'll never be the same. God will change you. He will transform you as you meet with Him. Spend time in His Word. But oh, listen. Let Him hear your voice. Pray to God. Meet with God. Moses prayed. And a part of his prayer was that he might know God. He wanted to know God. Now therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. I would remind you, since he wrote the first five books of the Bible, Moses did not have the availability of the Bible to pick up and read. We are extremely blessed. How many Bibles do you have in your house? Man, I've got, a, I've got a whole shelf full. And I'm having to get out of the way so Brenda can see the, the screen. <laughs> That's a little distracting, darling. <laughs> well, move, she says. Get out of the way so I can see. Okay, what was I saying? He didn't have the Bible. We've got the Bible that we can read any time we want to. Moses did not. And you get to know God by reading His Word. Moses didn't have that. And so he prayed, Lord, I want to know 
you. He prayed for the knowledge of God. Paul said, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. The greatest priority in life is to know God. I need to tell you, if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you do not yet know God. Oh, you may know about Him. You say, oh, I've heard all about Jesus. Yes, but you don't really know God. Not until you know Jesus Christ the Savior. Learning of Christ, learning about God is good. But there has to come a time in your life when you take a step of faith in God. You know that you need Him. You repent of your sins. You ask for forgiveness of your sins. And you place your life in His hands. At that moment, in that step of faith, you come to know God and you come to a relationship with Him. I would remind you that in the, in the Bible, that term know is also referring to the relationship of a husband and a wife. Now that is a deep, intimate relationship. And I am not saying that that's exactly the kind of relationship that God wants with you, but God wants a deep, abiding, personal, intimate relationship with you. And you will never have it until you come to faith in Jesus Christ. Moses wanted to know God. Paul said that knowing God was the most important thing in his life. But God also said that he knew Moses by name. The Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken. See, Moses is praying and God is answering. He's answering. He said, I will do it for you have found favor in my sight and I know you by name. I said to you already, I want God to know the sound of my voice. I want Him to know it's me when I call. I, yeah, I, I read the silly story about, it, it's not all that silly, uh, that you spend so much time with God and you become so powerful in your prayer life that when you wake up and start praying, the devil says, oh shoot, she's up again. Amen. That's the way our prayer life ought to be. Does God know the sound of your voice? Have you prayed so much to God that He says, here she is again. Here He is, He's up. I get to hear from Him again. He recognizes your voice. Does He know you by name? Or when the time comes, will He have to say to you, depart from me, because I never knew you. Get to know God. Make sure that you have a relationship with God. Then I want you to notice that Moses prayed for the presence of God. He prayed for the presence of God. In chapter 33, he, God said to him, Go up to the land flowing with, with milk and honey, 
but I will not go up among you. By the way, I'll tell you the context of this. This is after they had danced around the idol calf. Disappointing, disobeying God. I will not go up among you lest I consume you on the way. For you are a stiff-necked people. You're stubborn. He said then in verse 14, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And he said, If your presence will not go with me, do not bring me up from here. Lord, I don't want to go anywhere without you. Now there's... That's sort of a play on words. Because, Terry, you can't go anywhere without Jesus. Now, that means two things. It means that He is everywhere you are and everywhere you go. But we understand it also to mean you can't get anywhere. You, we say you can't go anywhere. You can't get anywhere. You can't get anything done you cannot be successful unless you have God with you. Otherwise, we're working in our own strength. We're working in our own ability. You can't succeed without the presence of God. I don't want to preach without the presence of God. I, I, I hate to admit this, but I wanted to get on my knees before I got out here and I thought, that's going to have put dust spots on my knees if I do that. And I didn't, I didn't want that. But I was praying backstage, Lord, help me. I need you. I don't want to preach without the power of God. If it's just Lynn, it's a waste. And if it's just Don, or if it's just Keith, or... I could name every one of you. I don't think there's a person in here. I don't know your first name. I could call every one of you. And if it's just you, it's a waste. You and I need the presence of God. And He's just waiting for us to ask. In all thy ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. When you pray for the presence of God, He shows up. And He goes with you when you ask. He gives power and He gives direction. Then I want you to notice that Moses prayed intercessory prayers. Intercessory prayers. What, what's that? That's when you're praying for someone else. He prayed for his nation. Moses implored the Lord as God and said, O oh Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? He prayed for his nation. The Lord relented from the disaster that he had spoken of bringing to his people. Moses prayed an intercessory prayer and God relented. He relented from the disaster, from the punishment, from the thing that he was going to do. Um, I, again, I said this in the class this morning, that somebody said if Moses and God had ever been on the same page at being angry at Israel at the same time, if they'd been, both been angry at Israel at the same time, Israel would have been toast. 
Actually, I can show you one place when that happened, and they weren't toast. God relented. But there is power in praying for other people. Some of the best prayers we will ever pray will be when we pray, not for ourselves, but when we pray for other people. Moses prayed for his nation. If there was ever a time in the history of the United States of America when Christians ought to get on their knees and pray, it is now. Not necessarily for one candidate or another, but for the nation and for the good of the nation, for, the God, for God's blessing on the nation. We ought to be praying without partisan ideas. We ought to be praying for our nation and for God to have His way in our nation, and for God to be glorified in our nation, for God's laws to be kept, for God to be blessed. Intercessory prayers. By the way, when I say we, and I say Christians ought to, I hope you take that personally. I've told you before, I'm not one of those guys who preaches and says, now don't take this personally. I'm talking about you. You and I need to be on our knees praying for our nation. He not only prayed for his nation, he prayed for his brother. There is something that's revealed in the scripture that didn't make it into the movie, I don't think. Um, Did you ever wonder, what did God think about Aaron building that calf? Of course, Aaron... It's, it's almost a joke. He, he said, well, I threw, the, I, I threw the gold in the fire and the calf jumped out. Right. The Bible says that the Lord was so angry with Aaron, he was ready to kill him. He was going to destroy him. And he, Moses said, and I prayed for Aaron also at the same time. He prayed for his brother. Listen, the most heartfelt servant prayers we will ever pray are for those we love, the ones we care for. I remember a time when one of my grandkids, just a child, had, what is it, the RSV virus? I remember falling on my face beside my bed early in the morning and praying, Lord, just take my breath and give him my breath. I don't know, I can't remember any other time that I prayed any more fervently than that. When we pray for those we love, we pray our most fervent prayers. I wonder how many of you are praying for some lost friend. Maybe it's your child. Maybe it's your brother or sister. Maybe it's your mom or dad. Maybe it's, I don't know. But are you praying for lost people that you love? Are you praying for lost people that that you don't love? But your most fervent prayer will be when you are praying for somebody you love. Whether it is for salvation, for healing. Pray. Pray intercessory prayers. And then finally, Moses prayed the Word of God. Moses prayed 
God's own words back to him. Now, please let the power of the Lord be great as you have promised, saying, do you get this? You have promised, you have said, the Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation. That's Numbers 14, 17, and 18. Listen to me. Praying God's Word back to the God of the Word unleashes His power in your life. You see, the Word of God carries a certain power in itself. But reminding God of His own promises, reminding God of His own Word, praying back to God His Word, is some of the most powerful praying you'll ever do. Moses was indeed a man of prayer. It says in Exodus 33, 11, that he met God face to face. And in verse 17, God said, I know you by name. Have you been face to face with God? Do you spend time face-to-face with God, talking with God, praying to God? Why not start this year well? Start this year right by setting out on a journey of 40 days of prayer. Commit to meeting with God, praying to God every single day, spending time in prayer. You can have a prayer list. I've got a sample left over from the other night. If you want to use that, people seem to enjoy that. I guarantee you'll spend time in prayer if you pray your way through that list. But it's up to you. This is not something I can do. This is not something somebody else can do for you. This has to be a commitment from you to get up every morning and start the day praying. And then throughout the day, Communicate with God, praying to God. For those, you know, I I never know in a moment like this, standing before you, some people watching online, others here, I don't know who's listening. And I never know, but that there might be someone who needs to be saved. And I never want to preach without making sure that the gospel, the saving gospel of Jesus Christ has been shared. And I never want to finish without giving an opportunity for you to make a decision for Jesus Christ. If you need to be saved, I would love the opportunity of meeting with you here. Or if you, if you don't want to come here during this moment of invitation, I'll meet you in the lobby. We'll go to the prayer room. And we'll meet there. But if you need to be saved, this is your opportunity.